Welcome everybody. My name is uh, Richard C. Wilson. Um, all of you are familiar with me, but I've got another Richard here, Richard Balutz from Air Asset Management. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I looked at my email history because I didn't know the exact date. And I guess we first exchanged emails in 2008, so a while ago now. <laughs> and I've probably met in person at least 25 times. Um, I, I haven't been counting, but quite a number of times and you've spoken at many of our events. This webinar is gonna be on life settlements. Most people don't know what a family office is that don't work in the investment space. Most people that work in the investment industry don't know what a life settlement is or how they work. Those who do know sometimes have misconceptions. They think about investing in a single policy. Uh, so we wanna clear up some of those things. And what I've been finding is that every time I'm onboarding a new investor, almost all of them, 90% of them have been raising their hand and saying, yes, I want to learn more about life settlements. And I feel, you know, I'm connecting them to Rich after showing the materials and talking to them about the strategy. But to make the whole process a bit more efficient, I wanted to gather several of you here on the webinar to explain life settlements, introduce you to Rich, make it so when you do have a phone call, you can cut to the meat of the conversation and what you want to talk about privately. But we will be doing Q&A in about 20 minutes. So feel free to ask questions here live. Uh, we are recording this in case you get cut off or you need to jump off to the other line at some point. Um, we will be uh, recording it as well. So, Rich, to begin with, um, I know many people listening live here today do know what a life settlement is, but maybe someone's going to be watching a recorded version of this in a week or two. Um, can you just kind of define what a life settlement is and what a life settlement investment fund is, which is you know, something that, that you're offering? Sure. Uh, a life settlement is the purchase or sale of a life insurance policy in the secondary or tertiary market. The primary market being that of when the uh, insurance broker sells the policy to the individual for the first time. And then a life settlement is when that individual no longer wants or needs a life insurance policy and decides to settle it or sell it to a third party investor. Uh, the that's the secondary market. Then the tertiary market is the investor to investor market. Okay, great. And so you offer a life settlement fund and, you know, we only have our signed clients on this webinar. It's not a public webinar. Um, I know you're dealing with clients with the 2.1 million net worth and above as we do for our performance only uh, fees. So it's not a, a solicitation for sale. It's just educational just for qualified clients that we have signed is kind of a, a disclaimer before we get into any details. But so if that is a, a life settlement, then what would be a life settlement fund and how does that operate? Because as I mentioned at the beginning, a lot of people who have heard of life settlements have been approached by brokers who say, hey, do you want to get access to this, this one life settlement? Or do you want to invest in these two different policies I just brokered recently? And they're getting kind of a, a very focused exposure. Can you explain how that's different than your investments? Certainly. So we define what a life settlement is. Uh, a life settlement fund is a pooled vehicle that pools investment capital and buys multiple or many life settlements um, and, and holds cash. So a, a typical traditional life settlement fund will just have you know, hundreds of policies in cash. And um, the advantage to uh, putting um, money into a life settlement fund versus buying an individual policy um, is that of diversification. Uh, because in a, in a life settlement fund format, you get the benefit of that pool having a certain degree of actuarial predictability. Whereas if you buy any, you know, a small pool of policies or just one policy, 
um, then what happens is there's a ton of variability because you, you can't predict um, longevity very accurately on any one person, but when you pull them together, it tends to have a pretty, pretty trackable profile. Right. And I want to zoom out for one second because I think that um, sometimes when people hear the words life insurance policy, they think it's a, a policy for themselves. Obviously, this is the getting access to many different policies in a portfolio where other people, like you said, don't need them or didn't want to pay for that, that monthly payment towards the policy anymore. Uh, the reason why I think a lot of clients are leaning forward on this is it's not related. It's not tracking real estate returns, which some people think real estate hasn't really adjusted to the new reality that we're in yet. Uh, it's not tracking the stock market returns, which many people feel like is artificially inflated right now by the government and you know how bad earnings we're going to get this next couple months and whether unemployment gets to 30 million or 46 million, et cetera. You know, the stock market might be affected. It's not really the China versus U.S. trade wars. Um, it's really if people start living all of a sudden a lot longer or if all of a sudden they start living a lot, you know, uh, shorter lives, then that's really what's going to change the returns in the portfolio. Is that correct? Can you speak to that for a minute? Yeah, so the, the, the primary driver uh, of uh, returns in a life settlement investment tends to be longevity because obviously that's when um, you, know, you have a, a realized uh, event um, from a capital basis through um, a receipt of death benefit. Um, there's also trading, which is another, another driver of, of returns, but, you know, but by far, yeah, longevity is the, the biggest driver. And how many policies do you have within the funds that, that you offer in terms of diversification? So we have a number of different funds, but the, the um, Area Life Fund 2 fund, which, which is um, um, our, our multi-strategy fund uh, that invests in a number of other different vehicles and it has its own you know, proprietary pools, uh, has well over a thousand um, ex life exposures. Um, so it has a, a ton of, of diversification within that, uh, within that vehicle. Okay. Great. And um, in terms of the different funds you offer, are there two or three that you wanted to, you know, cover here today to provide an introduction to kind of what the options are for somebody who's thinking about whether they should allocate or not? Yeah, so I can highlight, I think the easiest way to do that would highlight a, a couple of those. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw out a, a quick disclaimer here. Uh, our products are only uh, available to qualified clients. That's at 2.1 million dollar net worth threshold that you mentioned, and so by listening to this portion, you're self-certifying that you you meet that threshold. And this is not a general solicitation, so we have our uh, regulatory disclosure uh, out there. Um, but we have uh, the Air US Life Fund too, which is our hedge fund structure. That's the hedge fund format, so that tends to have uh, quarterly liquidity. It has a, a one-year lockup, six-month liquidity notice. Um, and, and so that's the, the, the hedge fund structure. We do have a private equity format uh, that's a 10-year lockup. Um, you know, that also, that has no liquidity. However, it is projected to start um, delivering uh, distributions in year two and projected to give return of capital by the end of year five, uh, those distributions, and then also potentially faster depending on the volume of trading that can occur. Um, that's just based on mortality, um, and uh, both these funds are, are, are um, targeting, you know, call it uh, low to you know high teen returns, depending on the fund format, structure, and time frame. Sure. 
And uh, you sent me an article a bit ago about how the virus could affect life settlements and largely don't expect it to massively impact the industry. But I do think that even if this virus goes away faster than predicted, um, that it'll have such a psychological effect and there'll be politicians that got slammed or removed from office because of the reaction to it that you know, another potential virus coming out of the Philippines or Brazil is going to be named and it's going to be tracked like hurricanes. So we need to be tracking them better, obviously. But I just feel like it's not the last time in our lifetime we're going to be on lockdown as a preventative measure. And I want to talk a little bit about life settlements as not just something that could, you know, if the virus can't be controlled, could do slightly better in that scenario, uh, potentially. But also if future viruses come up, um, you know, nobody wants that to happen. But I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how do I be smart right now? How do I be smart the next time this happens and be ahead of the herd? And most people don't know about life settlements. Can you, can you talk about that topic just a little bit about how it's being impacted by the virus? Sure. Um, you know, first I'll talk about the, uh, the life settlement marketplace. So as an industry, uh, so the industry is, is, is remained um, functioning. Um, there's a direct to consumer industry. So from, for individuals that want to sell it, they can do that through an 800 line. And that is currently transaction. There's also a broker market. So, so folks that want to settle their policy can do so even during the pandemic. I think what you were focusing on is more of, um, you know, the potential return, additional returns through a higher um, morbidity through um, the fact that, uh, you know, the senior life settlement market, which is the primary market that we focus on, is 65 and over. Uh, and, you know, our average um, insured is, is 82. And, um, you know, so we, we hold um, policies on, on the high risk, um, you know, folks, the folks that are at, at highest risk. In, mm-hmm. in 21st century, which was, uh, it's one of the um, actuarial companies did a study and uh, to see what the impact uh, on mortality be, would be for the, for the life settlement cohort. Um, and, the, and, you know, obviously it's high and the real driver there is, 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 is the penetration into um, the senior population. Obviously we all have loved ones that are in there. So we, we hope that that doesn't occur, but there is a, right. a little bit of a, um, you know, a hedging characteristic to uh, this asset class from that perspective. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and also, you know, for future, um, you know, it, it's, you know, you don't think about longevity uh, being a, a, an investable asset class, but it, it's, it's been um, so for, you know, quite a period of time. And it's in, in, in life settlements is one of the um, instruments that's utilized or others that's utilized uh, as the underpinning for that. Right, right. And I see, um, you know, I've got two parents that are close to 70, and they both have lung issues. So God forbid any of that happens, you know, no one's no one's hoping or wishing for that, of course. Uh, But what I saw was a stat from Inc magazine that only 1.5% of companies are growing right now or doing better than they were before the virus. And we can guess who some of those companies are, like hand sanitizer companies, etc. And when I talk to clients, they're trying to uh, find things that were not affected or are doing better than they were before. And, you know, 99 out of a hundred things are, are not fitting that description. And so uh, I appreciate you, you kind of uh, explaining that and pointing some of that out. So I find this could just be something different to have in someone's portfolio. I've got one client um, out of Midwest who's considering, you know, a million dollar investment. I've got some other clients, you know, 200 or $400,000 that they're looking to put this in. 
Um, everybody is going to have a different risk profile or different income needs or different amount of aggressiveness that they want to take in their portfolio. But can you speak to, because it's a different type of asset, when you speak to the high net worth individuals who come in, can you speak to how they're typically thinking about percentages of allocation if they come in and they're at, say, a $10 million, $15 million plus net worth individual? Um, what types of uh, size allocations or percentage allocations are kind of a, a guideline or a common amount that, that you see? So, uh, yeah, I'll start, I'll start by answering it this way that, that um, you know, what category, what bucket people put life settlements into? And it's sure. A lot of different buckets. You can go to alternative fixed income. It's insurance dedicated. Uh, but the, the most common bucket that folks are putting it into right now, especially the institutions, the investment advisors, is the private credit bucket. And it fits within the specialty finance sector of the private credit bucket. Mm -hmm. Reason um, is because of the non-correlated returns. Obviously, you're holding an insurance contract, so that's the credit piece. Um, you know, in terms of asset allocation, um, you know, we, we I've read some papers that some of our investors have written on the topic, and because of the risk-adjusted return profile, it tends to um, I'll, you know show up in your efficient frontier. Uh, as whatever percentage that your um, your constraints will allow it. So I've seen asset allocations that go over 20%. Now, I'm not suggesting that the client put 20% of their assets, although we have some that do. But, you know, typically for an esoteric um, you know, asset class like settlements, three to 5% I've seen is, 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 is common. Right. Uh, we, do, we don't advise clients on their, their particular portfolios. Right, right. But, uh, you know, it can be used through making distributions or through distributions that the products have um, is, is a form of, of um, you know, income, um, you know, and, and it's non-correlated. It, it doesn't uh, matter what the stock market's doing so much, um, you know, in terms of what the returns are going to do, uh, sure. especially in a closed-end format because you have no, um, you know, mark-to-market risk. Sure, sure. And I've heard um, some people comment about the space and say, oh, well, isn't it a bit aggressive, you know, profiting off of, um, you know, the death of somebody? Um, but I want to point out a stat that I know and then talk about the size of the industry and kind of that, that whole topic. So I've heard that 500,000 policies lapse per year, meaning people stop paying them for whatever reason.